When looking at South Carolina's annual opponents, it is very clear that there are three specific programs that are terrified of Shane Beamer and the Gamecocks. You are Locked On Gamecocks, your daily podcast on the South Carolina Gamecocks, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, Gamecock Nation, and welcome back to the Locked On Gamecocks podcast, your show for the latest headlines and potential storylines on South Carolina Gamecock athletics. I'm Andrew Lyon, the host of this podcast, and also the lead staff writer for Gamecocks Digest over on SI.com. Thank you for making Locked On Gamecocks your first watch or listen here today. We are free and available on YouTube and wherever you get your audio podcasts daily. And before we get into this Monday edition of the Locked On Gamecocks podcast, I want to let y'all know that this episode is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook, the official sportsbook of the Locked On Podcast Network. Make every moment more by visiting FanDuel.com slash Locked On today to get started. For Shane Beamer and South Carolina's football program, they have gotten infinitely better in almost every single aspect since the latter months of 2020. Because of all the improvements the program has made, there are a few specific teams out there that long-term are terrified of Shane Beamer and the Gamecocks. So let's not beat around the bush here, and let's get on right into those three programs with number one being the Tennessee Volunteers. Now, there's a few different things that you can point to when it comes to Tennessee. The obvious one is this. South Carolina beat the snot out of the Tennessee Volunteers this past season in late November. Obviously, it was a loss of historic proportions from Tennessee's side of things. And a loss that hurt Tennessee so badly because... In their situation heading into that game, all they had to do was beat South Carolina and beat Vanderbilt, and based on the fact that up to that point they had only lost to the Georgia Bulldogs, who would eventually be the national champions, of course, Tennessee looked like a potential shoe-in to be in the college football playoff for the first time ever in program history. And they wound up getting blown out on national television. Obviously, in that situation, a lot will change in terms of how a fan base feels about a particular program. You can say that, obviously, right now, Tennessee hates South Carolina because of that. But I would argue that for as much as the Volunteers might hate South Carolina, they are also terrified of Shane Beamer and what this program could be in the long run. And there's no better way to find this out than by going on social media apps, particularly Twitter, because there's no opposing team fan base living in the comment section of Shane Beamer's tweets and the tweets of any other South Carolina football-based Twitter account more than Tennessee fans at this current moment. Tennessee fans have been trying to find ways to downplay the everything South Carolina has done from a marketing standpoint. They're trying to downplay what they're doing from a recruiting standpoint, which we'll get more into in just a moment. And there's even some people out there that are trying to either convince themselves or convince other people that go through social media apps 
that Shane Beamer is the second coming of Butch Jones and is eventually just going to epically face plant and wound up getting fired by South Carolina, which is, in my opinion right now, one of the dumbest arguments for a college football fan base to make. I think that when you look at all of those things I just mentioned, these are clear and obvious signs that they are worried about South Carolina and that volunteer fans right now are going through a stage of denial of sorts that the Gamecocks could potentially be the perennial contender in the SEC right behind Georgia in the very near future. And that leads me into recruiting. Obviously, recruiting is looked at as the lifeblood for college football programs. There's the old saying where if you don't have the Jimmies and the Joes, it don't matter what you have in terms of the X's and the O's. And that basically means that if you don't have the talent to compete with the most talented rosters in the sport, like obviously Georgia right now, then it doesn't matter how smart your coaches are. And in a lot of ways, that rings true. For Tennessee, the state of South Carolina has been very kind to them over the past few decades. If you look at recent history, they've had guys like wide receiver Jalen Hyatt, do-it-all player Cordero Patterson. Both come from South Carolina, go to Tennessee. If you want to go back farther, you could talk about defensive tackle Albert Hainsworth, one that obviously most Gamecock fans are aware of. Defensive tackle Darwin Walker helped them win a national championship in the late 90s. And then you have athlete Stanley Morgan from all the way back in the 1970s who apparently did a ton in helping Tennessee be relevant throughout that time span. But Tennessee fans, with what they're seeing Shane Beamer and the Gamecocks do right now, are now extremely concerned that South Carolina could be getting ready to basically close off the entire state in terms of opposing teams being able to dip in and just grab the cream of the crop whenever they want to. That was happening just a few years ago. But now, for Tennessee... That is probably not going to be the case any longer, at least for the foreseeable future. Because not only are you having to battle Georgia and Clemson with trying to get talent in the state, but now South Carolina is really laying claim to the top talent in the state, and they're doing it for the second straight recruiting cycle in a row. So for Tennessee, good luck trying to go anywhere other than Dutch Fork High School to get your talent in the state of South Carolina, because it's probably not going to happen. And that leads me into sort of the last reason why I think Tennessee is terrified of South Carolina. Because when you look at the current state of the SEC, think about this from Tennessee's standpoint. The Florida Gators continue to flounder near the middle of the pack or near the bottom of the SEC because they just can't seem to get out of their own way. Alabama seems to be showing real signs of potentially slowing down. The dynasty may be over. Some might argue it isn't, but it's very clear there's chinks in the armor right now for the Crimson Tide. LSU looks to be the main stable force out in the Western Division, as it still stands right now, but Tennessee clobbered them in 2022. So when, if you're a volunteer fan and you take all that into account, Last season, it was probably reasonable to believe that you could be the second best team in the conference now, right behind Georgia, that that second spot is ripe for the taking. But it looks like that from a Tennessee standpoint, South Carolina, they might not just be a team that gets in the way and does things like they did this past November and end your hopes and dreams of making it to the playoff. 
No, it looks like that South Carolina could actually be the team that takes that spot. That is the first challenger for the Georgia Bulldogs just a few years down the road. And South Carolina's got everything that they need to do that. They have the fan support. They have the recruiting success to point to. They've got facilities galore on campus. And most importantly, they have shown consistent on-field progress in such short time under Shane Beamer. And I think that when you take all of that and everything else I've mentioned into account, it is pretty easy to see why Tennessee is the program right now that is the most terrified of Shane Beamer and the long-term potential of South Carolina's football program. Now, obviously, at the beginning of the show, I said that there were three programs that were terrified of Shane Beamer and South Carolina's football team, and I'm going to name the other two and give my reasoning behind those two selections in just a couple moments right here on Locked on Gamecocks. But first... Today's show is brought to you by FanDuel. Now, if you're a Major League Baseball fan, obviously now we're a few weeks into the season. And if you're watching this show or listening to today's show, you're more than likely an Atlanta Braves fan. The Braves have done quite good to start the season. Hit a little bump of the road this past weekend against the Houston Astros. But obviously, still plenty of time for the Braves to try and capture their sixth straight NL East title. And potentially make a run at getting back to the World Series. So if you feel like maybe betting on something like that, maybe Spencer Strider winning the Cy Young Award in the National League, then you could go to FanDuel right now and get a no-sweat-first bet up to $1,000, which means that you could get up to $1,000 back in bonus bets if you do not win. So don't miss your chance to get a no-sweat-first bet up to $1,000 when you join FanDuel today. Just go to FanDuel.com slash locked on to sign up. FanDuel is an official betting partner of Major League Baseball. March Madness is right around the corner. If you want to win your office pool, you need to stay caught up with all the college basketball action with the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Every Monday, Andy Patton and Isaac Shade recap the biggest stories in college basketball, keep you up to date on the NCAA tournament bubble, and get you ready for the upcoming week of games. From the Big East to the Mountain West and everywhere in between, Andy and Isaac have college hoops covered on the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Welcome back to this Monday edition of the Locked On Gamecocks podcast, where we cover your South Carolina Gamecocks every single day. Locked On's NFL Mock Draft special is here, and it's bigger than ever before. Follow along all 32 teams' first pick in a six-episode Ultimate Mock Draft experience only Locked On can deliver. All episodes are available now on Locked On NFL Draft, both on YouTube and wherever you listen to your audio podcasts daily. All right, let's get back to the discussion regarding South Carolina's football program and the three annual opponents that are the most terrified of Shane Beamer and the Gamecocks right this very moment. We talked about the Tennessee Volunteers being the most terrified at the beginning of the show. And for number two in this ranking, I've got the Clemson Tigers. Now, some of you may be wondering, you know, why did I put Clemson at number two and not at number one? Because obviously, 
The rivalry runs deep in the Palmetto State, deeper than any sort of rivalry that maybe South Carolina's got with Tennessee and maybe even the one that they have with the third team that I'll mention in just a little bit. The reason I put Clemson number two is because South Carolina beat Clemson for the first time in eight years this past November. I say that to say that right now, Clemson's fan base has still convinced themselves that last fall was a one-off. And while obviously they're unhappy that they lost to South Carolina, and for the reasonable fans from Clemson's fan base, they are probably worried about them, there's still a decent amount that, you know, are still kind of content right now. But there's no question that there is a chunk of Clemson's fan base that are getting concerned about South Carolina and where they're going under Shane Beamer. And it starts off with recruiting in the state of South Carolina. Now, if you look at what Clemson fans will say online and on social media regarding recruiting in the state of South Carolina, you've probably heard this mentioned dozens of times now. We recruit nationally. So we automatically are going to lose out on certain prospects in the state of South Carolina. Here's the thing that Clemson fans are not saying when they make these kind of remarks. Yes, they do recruit nationally. So yes, they are going to lose out on some guys in state. However, it's never a good thing for an opposing team to have their rival, their in-state rival, gather up all the best talent in the state of South Carolina. And that's what the Gamecocks are doing right now, especially on the offensive line. You look at Clemson, they have lost down guys like Cam Pringle, Josiah Thompson, Marquis Anderson, Blake Franks. Blake Franks talked about how South Carolina's family environment was stronger than Clemson's. He said that verbatim to a Clemson reporter when he did an interview sometime back in mid to late January of this year before he committed to the Gamecocks. And that leads me to my next point regarding why Clemson fans are getting very worried about South Carolina. And that is this contrast in the changing perception of Shane Beamer and Dabo Sweeney. When Shane Beamer got hired at South Carolina, obviously from a national standpoint, a lot of people quite frankly shrugged the hire off or maybe even laughed at it and said that South Carolina was basically just hoping on a wing and a prayer that somebody who was here during the glory days of Steve Spurrier would somehow get the program back to that point and thought that, sure, he might do well in terms of recruiting, but Shane is not going to do anything worth talking about when all said and done in his time at South Carolina. Obviously, up to this point, Shane has made every single one of those people look uh, very stupid in that regard. And when you look at that perception changing in terms of how Shane Beaver can build a program and Dabo Sweeney, it seems like at every single turn, Shane Beamer is in the news for good reason, while Dabo Sweeney is taking gut punches, fair or unfair, for other reasons, such as the whole walk-on scholarship debacle. And I'm not going to get fully into that, because again, that's a Clemson issue right now. This is a South Carolina-based podcast, but you get my point when I bring that up. Dabo Sweeney, from a PR standpoint, continues to sort of go a little bit farther down the list when it comes to college football fans and sort of how they view coaches overall, while Shane Beamer continues to go up the list. And you look at both teams from a cultural standpoint. South Carolina's culture right now is the brand new culture that all the prospects 
are wanting to go to. Now, is it the best out there from a recruiting standpoint right now? No, they're probably still trying to gain some ground here in that aspect. But very quickly, South Carolina has made inroads in the DMV, has reclaimed the state of South Carolina. They're starting to go back out into the neighboring states like Georgia and Florida, and they're getting good prospects there. They're about to start going back into North Carolina for the first time in several years. Whereas Clemson's is still widely known, but Clemson is no longer the hot commodity in terms of the environment and the culture. Sure, they're still going to get some really talented kids to come who are still going to buy into what they have there, but it's not the same anymore. Five, six years ago, Clemson's culture was the hot commodity. Now, it's South Carolina's. And again, Clemson fans that can use some logic and think about all this, they know that that's the truth, and they are greatly concerned about that. So Clemson is number two on my list. The last one that I'll go over is the Georgia Bulldogs. Now, Georgia, obviously right now, you probably can't say that they're overly worried about any program. And admittedly, they've earned the right to think that way because they have won two straight national championships and are going to be looking to pull off what is deemed impossible in college football, and win a third straight national title this upcoming fall. However, the Bulldogs are getting more worried about South Carolina. South Carolina is one of the few teams out there right now that Georgia Bulldog fans can point to and say, if there's a team that can rise up and challenge us in the near future, it is that team. South Carolina is on that short list, and there's a couple reasons for that. First of all, if you're a Georgia Bulldog fan, you're not going to really respect any opponent that doesn't recruit well. Here's the thing. South Carolina, again, as we've talked about now multiple times on the show, uh, they are recruiting better than almost every team in the conference right now, maybe outside of Georgia and, say, in Alabama. The Gamecocks currently rank sixth in the country in the 2024 recruiting cycle, according to 24-7 Sports Composite Rankings. That is jumping up from 16th, where they were at in 2023, and in Champion's first full recruiting cycle, technically, they were 24th overall. So you're seeing massive leaps in terms of recruiting. South Carolina is beating Georgia, in some cases, head-to-head for certain prospects. They're keeping Georgia from just going into the state and getting whatever prospects they want. Xavier McLeod, the biggest example from this past cycle. And here's the other thing. Georgia Bulldog fans, I think, are greatly respecting how Shane Beamer has built this program, how he has quickly established his culture here, how he has changed the mindset of South Carolina's football program around the entire building, and how he's gotten the fan base to rally behind him. And sure, a lot of them might still think that it is a corny act at this moment in time, but they respect it. And guess what? They've seen how Shaver operates on the football field because Shaver used to be a part of that coaching staff. So I think the Georgia Bulldog fans are in a unique position where they can see better than a lot of other fan bases how well Shane Beamer is doing and how his really good qualities as a coach are carrying over 1,000% right now in Columbia. So for that reason, I think that Georgia is that third team right now that is very worried about South Carolina and where they're heading down the road under head coach Shane Beamer. All right, now for the final portion of today's show, let's move on over to South Carolina's baseball team, who continues to impress everybody in the sport of college baseball as the South Carolina Gamecocks swept the number three Florida Gators 
this past weekend. I got a few different takeaways from this series as a whole. And the first one is this. This team has got championship caliber depth. When it comes to baseball and having bench players, obviously, as with every single sport, you've got to have a few players that are on your bench that you can trust to go out there and handle an increased role in certain critical points throughout maybe the regular season or even in the postseason when you're battling for a championship. And South Carolina proved this past weekend against the Florida Gators that they've got that kind of depth on their roster because guys like Gavin Casas, Talmadge Lecroy, Noah Hall, and Will McGillis all missed at least two games in this series. Obviously, Gavin Casas got hurt in game one. It turned out to be a lung issue that he was dealing with. He toughed it out and then did not play in games two and three. The rest of the guys missed the entire series. So because of that, guys like Michael Braswell, Will Tippett, and Jonathan French all had to play a significant amount of innings this past weekend. And guess what? Overall, in terms of what you want those kind of guys to do when they are out there, they stepped up to the challenge. Michael Braswell, Will Tipp, and Jonathan French all combined for five hits, nine walks, and three ribbies. So between these three guys alone, they reached base 14 times. I don't know what more you can ask for when you have these kind of players going out there on the field for your squad. Michael Braswell also, terrific job in the field. Did phenomenal this weekend. Made some unbelievable plays at third base, especially, I believe, in Game 3. And is showing that, look, he would be a starter for a lot of other teams in this sport right now. And South Carolina is fortunate to have him as sort of, I guess, their 10th man, if you will, on the bench. So the Gamecocks bench uh, doing wonders for them, not just on the field, but also on the mound as well. Matthew Becker, for the second straight week, went out there and started Game 3 for South Carolina. Had another good outing. Pitched five innings, gave up two hits, two earned runs, and struck out six Gator batters while only walking one batter. Phenomenal job by Matthew Becker. Getting back into a rhythm in that starting rotation while Noah Hall continues to be sidelined with a back issue. Massive deal for that starting rotation. Takes a little bit more of the stress off of Will Sanders and Jack Mahoney's shoulders and obviously helps out the bullpen to where they do not have to overextend themselves for at least one game every single weekend in what is a gauntlet of a conference in the SEC in college baseball. And that kind of leads me into my next point, which is, This pitching staff continues to show that they are capable of helping this team go to Omaha and get all the way through the College World Series. The Gators only scored nine earned runs all weekend and hit just three home runs. And I believe the Gators came into this past weekend having the third highest amount of home runs in the entire sport. That says so much about this pitching staff and what they're capable of. And the bullpen is so deep. You look at guys like James Hicks, Eli Jones, Chris Veach. Those are sort of your three thoroughbreds, if you will, in the bullpen right now. You've also got guys like Eli Jersenbeck, Kate Austin, Nick Proctor, and Austin Williamson who've all come out there and pitched in big innings this year and shown they are capable of also performing at a very high level. And you throw those guys in behind a starting rotation that obviously is not maybe shut down per se, but a starting rotation that is capable of 
really getting this team in a great position to win ball games every time they're out there. Guys like Will Sanders and Jack Mahoney and obviously Noah Hall when he is 100% healthy. So this team has what most other teams do not have because South Carolina, obviously, the one or two pitching staffs they've faced to this point in the year that you could probably say from top to bottom are really good pitching staffs are LSU and Vanderbilt. But this past weekend, the Gamecocks, they faced a pitching staff that from a numbers perspective, as it showed, is not that good, especially the bullpen portion of Florida's pitching staff. And that showed out because South Carolina's bullpen won every single game when it came their time to go out there and perform and execute. So this pitching staff, it is a staff that is reminiscent of the teams that got the Gamecocks to Omaha back in 2010, 2011, and 2012. They've got the starting rotation, and most importantly, for that time of year, they've got the bullpen to go along with it. And at this point, I think it's fair to say that this team has a fantastic argument as the best team in all college baseball right now. South Carolina, objectively speaking, has played a tougher schedule than the LSU Tigers, who have somehow stayed at number one and to this point have already lost like five or six conference games. You know, they can't sweep anybody, but they're the number one team in the country. South Carolina has also been very good on the road. Outside the final two games in Nashville this past weekend, again, got to give your credit where it's due to the Commodores for how they performed that weekend, the Gamecocks have been great on the road. They swept the Georgia Bulldogs, which right now looks like a really, really good series win because the Bulldogs are starting to get a lot better. Same thing with Mississippi State. Took two out of three at, at the Dude, I believe is how their stadium is nicknamed. I might be wrong on that, but Mississippi State, same deal as the Georgia Bulldogs. They're also now beginning to find a groove at this point in the season. And the Gamecocks only have one midweek loss. And yes, it wasn't a great loss. It was, I believe, against the Charlotte 49ers who have not done good up to this point in the season. But y'all, again, teams are going to lose games in the midweek. Vanderbilt got smoked by Indiana State this past week. The Volunteers lost to Tennessee Tech this past week. Tennessee Tech, I think, has only won like 11, 12 games all year long. And I, I think I brought that up last week as well. But my point overall is that this is not a team that rises to their competition and also falls to their competition. They don't do that. And that's a great sign of a team that can contend and win a championship. When they approach every single opponent with seemingly the same mindset in the sense that we don't care what your record is. We don't care if you got a ranking next to your name or not. We're going to come out here and our goal is to obliterate you every single outing. This team is so different from the team that took the field this past year. It's very different from the teams that have taken the field over the last several years. These guys, I think that they really took what happened last season to heart. I think it is fair to say that at this point. And um, Gamecock fans, the only thing I could say really at this point beyond what I've just talked about with this team is that we need to enjoy every game that we watch because uh, this this team has a chance to be one of the most historic teams the program has ever seen. And this is a program that is a very historic program, one that has seen a plethora of teams that either won national championships or very well could have won national championships any other year that they played. So 
It's amazing what Mark Kingston's squad continues to do, and obviously they'll look to continue to do that this coming weekend when they take on the Auburn Tigers. But with that being said, y'all, that's going to do it for today's show of the Lockdown Gamecocks podcast. I hope y'all thoroughly enjoyed today's show, as always. What are your thoughts on my ranking regarding the three teams that are the most terrified of South Carolina at this point? Do you think that the Tennessee Volunteers are number one? Or do you think it's Clemson? Or do you think there's another team that belonged on that list that I did not mention? Let me know your thoughts on that and South Carolina's baseball team down below in the comments section if you watch today's show on YouTube. Or if you listen to today's show on an audio podcast app, you can shoot me a direct message on Twitter at a lion underscore SC. Also, be sure to give the Lockdown Gamecocks podcast a follow on Facebook. If you're on Facebook, if you're on Facebook constantly and you haven't seen us there already. Otherwise, thank y'all so much for once again tuning in to today's show. And thank you to you everydayers who make the Lockdown Gamecocks podcast your first watch or listen every day. I hope y'all have a great rest of your Monday and a fantastic start to the work week. And we'll catch y'all on the next show of the Lockdown Gamecocks podcast. <laughs>